Chapter Twelve of Uncle Silas by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve. A curious conversation. We each had another cup of tea and were silent for a while. We must not talk of ghosts now. You are a superstitious little woman, you know, and you shan't be frightened. And now Cousin Monica grew silent again and looking briskly around the room like a lady in search of a subject her eye rested on a small oval portrait graceful brightly tinted in the french style representing a pretty little boy with rich golden hair large soft eyes delicate features and a shy peculiar expression it is odd i think i remember that pretty little sketch very long ago i think i was then myself a child but that is a much older style of dress and of wearing the hair too than i ever saw i am just forty-nine now oh dear yes that is a good while before i was born what a strange pretty little boy a mysterious little fellow is he quite sincere i wonder what rich golden hair it is very clever a french artist i dare say and who is that little boy i never heard someone a hundred years ago i dare say but there is a picture downstairs i am so anxious to ask you about oh murmured lady knollys still gazing dreamily on the crayon it is the full-length picture of uncle silas i want to ask you about him at the mention of his name my cousin gave me a look so sudden and odd as to amount almost to a start your uncle silas dear it is very odd i was just thinking of him and she laughed a little wondering whether that little boy could be he and up jumped active cousin monica with a candle in her hand upon a chair and scrutinized the border of the sketch for a name or a date maybe on the back said she and so she unhung it and there true enough not on the back of the drawing but of the frame which was just as good in pen and ink round italian letters hardly distinguishable now from the discoloured wood we traced silas elmer ruthyn aetate eight fifteenth of may seventeen seventy nine it is very odd i should not have been told or remembered who it was i think if i had ever been told i should have remembered it i do recollect this picture though i am nearly certain what a singular child's face and my cousin leaned over it with a candle on each side and her hand shading her eyes as if seeking by aid of these fair and half-formed lineaments to read an enigma the childish features defied her i suppose their secret was unfathomable for after a good while she raised her head still looking at the portrait and sighed a very singular face she said softly as a person might who was looking into a coffin had not we better replace it so the pretty oval containing the fair golden hair and large eyes the pale unfathomable sphinx remounted to its nail and the funeste and beautiful child seemed to smile down oracularly on our conjectures so is the face in the large portrait very singular more i think than that handsomer too this is a sickly child i think 
but the full length is so manly though so slender and so handsome too i always think him a hero and a mystery and they won't tell me about him and i can only dream and wonder he has made more people than you dream and wonder my dear maud i don't know what to make of him he is a sort of idol you know of your father's and yet i don't think he helps him much his abilities were singular so has been his misfortune for the rest my dear he is neither a hero nor a wonder so far as i know there are very few sublime men going about the world you really must tell me all you know about him cousin monica now don't refuse but why should you care to hear there is really nothing pleasant to tell that is just the reason i wish it if it were all pleasant it would be quite commonplace i like to hear of adventures dangers and misfortunes and above all i love a mystery you know papa will never tell me and i dare not ask him not that he is ever unkind but somehow i am afraid and neither mrs rusk nor mary quince will tell me anything although i suspect they know a good deal i don't see any good in telling you dear nor to say the truth any great harm either no that's quite true no harm there can't be for i must know it all some day you know and better now and from you than perhaps from a stranger and in a less favourable way upon my word it is a wise little woman and really that's not such bad sense after all so we poured out another cup of tea each and sipped it very comfortably by the fire while lady knollys talked on and her animated face helped the strange story it is not very much after all your uncle silas you know is living oh yes in derbyshire so i see you do know something of him sly girl but no matter you know how rich your father is but silas was the younger brother and had little more than a thousand a year if he had not played and did not care to marry it would have been quite enough ever so much more than younger sons of dukes often have but he was well a mauvais sujet you know what that is i don't want to say any ill of him more than i already know but he was fond of his pleasures i suppose like other young men and he played and was always losing and your father for a long time paid great sums for him i believe he was really a most expensive and vicious young man and i fancy he does not deny that now for they say he would change the past if he could i was looking at the pensive little boy in the oval frame aged eight years who was a few springs later a most expensive and vicious young man and was now a suffering and outcast old one and wondering from what a small seed the hemlock or the wallflower grows and how microscopic are the beginnings of the kingdom of god or the mystery of iniquity in a human being's heart austin your papa was very kind to him very but then you know he's an oddity dear he is an oddity though no one may have told you before and he never forgave him for his marriage your father i suppose knew more about the lady than i did i was young then but there were various reports none of them pleasant and she was not visited 
and for some time there was a complete estrangement between your father and your uncle silas and it was made up rather oddly on the very occasion which some people said ought to have totally separated them did you ever hear anything anything very remarkable about your uncle no never they would not tell me though i am sure they know pray go on well maud as i have begun i'll complete the story though perhaps it might have been better untold it was something rather shocking indeed very shocking in fact they insisted on suspecting him of having committed a murder i stared at my cousin for some time and then at the little boy so refined so beautiful so funeste in the oval frame yes dear said she her eyes following mine who'd have supposed he could ever have fallen under so horrible a suspicion the wretches of course uncle silas of course he's innocent i said at last of course my dear said cousin monica with an odd look but you know there are some things as bad almost to be suspected of as to have done and the country gentlemen chose to suspect him they did not like him you see his politics vexed them and he resented their treatment of his wife though i really think poor silas he did not care a pin about her and he annoyed them whenever he could your papa you know is very proud of his family he never had the slightest suspicion of your uncle oh no i cried vehemently that's right maud ruthyn said cousin monica with a sad little smile and a nod and your papa was you may suppose very angry of course he was i exclaimed you have no idea my dear how angry he directed his attorney to prosecute by wholesale all who had said a word affecting your uncle's character but the lawyers were against it and then your uncle tried to fight his way through it but the men would not meet him he was quite slurred your father went up and saw the minister he wanted to have him a deputy lieutenant or something in his county your papa you know had a very great influence with the government beside his county influence he had two boroughs then but the minister was afraid the feeling was so very strong they offered him something in the colonies but your father would not hear of it that would have been a banishment you know they would have given your father a peerage to make it up but he would not accept it and broke with the party except in that way which you know was connected with the reputation of the family i don't think considering his great wealth he has done very much for silas to say truth however he was very liberal before his marriage old mrs aylmer says he made a vow then that silas should never have more than five hundred a year which he still owes him i believe and he permits him to live in the place but they say it is in a very wild neglected state you live in the same county have you seen it lately cousin monica no not very lately said cousin monica and began to hum an air abstractedly End of chapter twelve